Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Andy, this one's called Loving Cap. <laughs> You're doing a jagger early on. I'm the man on the mountain. Come on up. Join in, Andy, when you can. He doesn't know it. Of course he does. I'm the plowman in the valley with a face full of mud. Yes, I am fumbling and I know my car won't start. Yeah, well, I'm stumbling, stumbling and I know I'll play a bad guitar. Andy Brassel, give me a little drink from your loving, loving cup. cup. You don't know it. It's embarrassing. Andy, Just one drink, drink. and, and a fall down drunk. Have we embarrassed you enough? Do you know any death grips? <laughs> yeah. Oh. It goes, 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 Right. Away we go. Spread eagle cross the block. Spread eagle cross the block. Spread eagle cross the block. You're talking to jukebox more there. Yeah, it's very good. Hey, I can find about three more. Exactly. I, I won't, but that's how he got his surname. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I didn't, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's good. All right, away we go. I'm the man who brings you roses when you ain't got none, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Football Ramble, Spain are the Nation League champions. It's Monday, 19th of June. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Andy Brassel. and I'm Luke Moore. Ho ho ho! Oh, 
everybody. It's Monday and Luke Moore's in the pod. Luke Luke is on the the pod, pod, everybody. Luke is on the pod. Luke is on the pod. Can I sing about myself? Of course I have, you can. I have done. We have to pick up the pieces. Yeah, of course. I, I, to be fair to me, yeah. I always involve anyone in the sing song. I always join in. So yeah. if it's about me, yeah. it's fair enough I do. I think it's fair game. To be fair to me. Yeah. It's like he's up. <laughs> it, 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 to go on. Are you sitting in front of a kangaroo court of parliament? <laughs> yeah. To be fair to me. I don't, I don't recognise that, that, that court. <laughs> good to have you back, pal. It's good to be back. Your Thank suspension you is over. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Despite rumours to the contrary among some... Part of the Liverpool fan fraternity, I wasn't suspended for making an, an error about Trey Alexander Arnold. Uh, although that error did happen, yeah. absolutely clear. That wasn't the reason for my absence. So right. you've still gone unpunished for it? Yeah. yeah. I, I, oh, it wasn't sure about that. I cho- no, I chose to recuse myself. Well, after oh, right, Trent's right. performance for England, we thought we've got to get him back. Gatley, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In many ways, that's proved me right. Well, what did you think of his substitute appearance? <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, but why, why have you been away, Luke Mott? I've now joined the dad club. Hey! Come on! So between us, in this room right now, we've got four. Four sons. Yeah. How good is that? No, five sons. Five, five sons. sons. What are we yeah. talking about? I forgot about one of mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> dads, 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 yeah. dads, dads, yeah. dads. Five oh, sons. There's, there's team. The yeah. next generation. Oh, there we Ramble go. five aside team. There we go. So I'm very, I'm very, very pleased to join the dad club, of course. Yes. Very tired, but very happy, but also very happy to be back here. Damn so. yeah, right. It's lovely to have you back. Thank Pleasure you. Thank you very on behalf. Much. I would say the listeners, but I think I can extend that to the nation. Well, no, what, what's great for me is that mm. you, the listeners very much did forget about me. Yeah. You guys didn't. So it's great to be back yeah, in yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Luke Aaron Moore, in case you're wondering. Yeah. One of the founders of yeah. this podcast. You'll learn to dislike me. <laughs> again. Yeah, um, all over again. Uh, Luke, I want you to get us uh, up and running with, uh, with your highlight of the weekend. Well... So it's not necessarily a highlight because I think if I if I call it a straight highlight, it will yeah. come across as quite mean spirited, and I don't mean it to be. Well, something you're, I suppose, a highlight took could my be attention. Yeah, so yeah. It caught my attention over yeah. over the weekend. Or and don't forget, as a new dad, time is very much an abstract concept to me at the moment. So this may have happened about six weeks ago, for mm. all I know. Um, but we, I read the news that Martin Tyler has left Sky Sports after 33 years yeah. in the chair, and. Um, mm. So that gave me mixed emotions, really, partly because... Mm. Um, Andy ousted him. Yeah, because Andy's going to be replacing him, <laughs> which I think we, should, we can all get behind. Um, no, because he's been, obviously, mm. the the soundtrack to yep. so many iconic moments mm. in the Premier League mm-hmm. um, since its inception. Mm. And so it's one of those things where I think, actually, he is a little bit past his best. Um, I mean, he's well into his 70s. Yeah, but... So he'd probably go for American presidency. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's what he's doing next. But that doesn't negate the fact that he's been a a huge part of the football-watching fraternity for for such a long time. And and I always felt like Tyler was a bit too straight to be a properly lovable commentator. Mm -hmm. Like, to me, the best commentators Mm. are almost out in some kind of outpost, away from the authorities, doing their own thing, and they've chosen to be up on a gantry away from the pen pushers, and they've they've got a bit of eccentricity about it. I think you can say that about pretty much every commentator. I think Martin Tyne doesn't necessarily showcase that, so he sometimes comes across as a bit straight, and that would be the only criticism I meant. I would I would level at him. I didn't start this point out meaning to criticise him, yep. but it's just how irritating my personality <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. is, and I can't so, stop it. So good ultimately, is yeah, ultimately, saying. I'm pleased he's gone. No, <laughs> I just want to, I, I, I just, 
That's a little insight <laughs> into my, my mind. I started out as a touching yeah. tribute. I ended up criticising yeah. his career. Yeah. Um, sorry about that, Martin. Yeah. You have been amazing. Mm. Um, I'm interested. Apparently, Peter Drury is replacing him. I'm mm-hmm. interested to see how that yeah. works out because Peter Drury is a very descriptive, mm-hmm. hands-on commentator. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, and that's, that can divide opinion. But it's a big moment. I think it needs to be um, talked about. Uh, I will be sad to see him go. Yeah, Peter Drury is a thoroughly delightful man. One of the most delightful men I think I've yeah. maybe ever met. Not even just in the in the realm of uh, of sports broadcast. Can, can I just say there's a lovely guy in my local Sainsbury's mm-hmm. local, the small one called he, Clive. You do a good job on comms. The, the best guy around. Really? So nice. Yeah. I wouldn't give him the lead commentary job on Premier League. Based on the loveliness, no, because I. Don't but I just thought all... I'd add that as well. It's good to be. It's important to be nice. Yeah, meet me, if you, if Peter Drury's your hero, meet him, Andy. Your highlight of the weekend? Um, well, there's nothing that makes me feel more nostalgic than players uh, turning out for their international teams getting booed when they <laughs> play in a stadium mm. that's not their own. Welcome to Portugal. Yeah. You thought when they beat Bosnia at the weekend, it was all about Cristiano Ronaldo having a goal ruled out for quite a, a marginal offside, although correctly ruled out, of course, and then throwing a bit of a minus drop. But no, it's not even his minor strops of the headline anymore. Mm. It's the fact that Otavio got booed when he came on as substitute with three minutes left. Mm-hmm. A Porto player, of course, coming on at Stadio de Luz, yes. which is Benfica's stadium. Uh, Ronaldo's had his own challenges with the fans there before. Of course, he got suspended, didn't he, for giving fans the finger when he played for uh, United, for giving fans the middle finger. Did he really? Yeah, he did. Yeah, Andy. Sure can, can, I remember he sort of did the no celebration kind of thing. Apologies. No, that was uh, that was at the other lad. Oh, that was at sports. Can, was... can, I, can I bring this back to more familiar ground? And say, is this the game where a pitch invader picked him up? Yes, which looked amazing. Yeah, it looked what? like a Donaldson Photoshop. The photo I saw. <laughs> a pitch invader came along and literally lifted Cristiano Ronaldo. Well, the reason it was so emasculating for him, it no. was amazing. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the reason actually that I, I wanted to mention Otavio is not just the way that it's not the first time it's happened to a Portugal player. It happened to João Mario at the other lad um, last last international window, and Otavio just replied to it on social media by doing uh, three blue hearts you know, representing yeah. FC Porto, which I thought, you know, fire with fire, you've got to respect that. Three blue hearts is enjoyable, though. Yeah, I, yeah, I, 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 I so. do quite like that. Uh, my highlight of um, the weekend, uh, of course, um, three points for England. Yeah. Easy peasy. Nice. No, well, three points for England, mm. a difficult game away from home. Yeah. You can't over, overstate that. A win's a win's a win. Exactly. Before we get to England, we have to talk about the uh, the UEFA Nations League final. We don't have to. We do. You are making it. <laughs> That's not the same thing. You just wait until we get to the third place player. <laughs> At least that was a game. Hey, Spain have done it. Yeah. They've got the full set. Is it? <laughs> them, them and France are the only two nations to have won the big three. Yeah, is that right? Navas is the only player who's won Correct. the World Cup, the European Championship and the Nations League. Yeah. Not to mention the UEFA Cup. And Therefore, the League, he is the most coveted <laughs> player in, in world football A lot right of the now. post-match interviews around the Spain camp were like, we, we were wondering how we were ever going to mm. match that yeah. 08, 10, 12 yeah. triumvirate of tournaments. There We've now go. done it. There you go. Having yeah. said that, did you see Luka Modric at the end? It's proper gutted that they didn't well, win Well, of course. It. I yeah. think it probably, you would you would argue it maybe would have meant more to Croatia yes. than Spain. But still, though, Spain enjoyed it and it was uh, it was a penalty shootout in which they someone won. did. <laughs> Come on. Uh, no, it was a fucking advert yeah. for why... Football shouldn't be on so much. There's right. absolutely no justification mm. for 120 minutes <laughs> plus penalties on the 18th of June. Yeah, I think some teams get rid, have of, come extra, back, get rid of extra time. Some teams have come back for pre-season. <laughs> but the, What's the, Scot- the Scottish League Cup's already begun, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> Final was last night. <laughs> Never watched it because of the Nations League. 
but the the rest of the the tournament was really good. I, look, it was, it's it was just f- the final that was but, shite. But no, but it is good. You, if you happen to watch it, mm. you think, oh, there's some good games happening. It does, it does, it does, in a way, serve the purpose it was designed to do, which is make competitive, mm. otherwise mm. meaningless games. Right? Yeah. I get all that, and yeah. it also gives a level of competition with the A, B, C, and D thing to smaller nations. You get to play against. The, teams of their side learn a bit win games gain confidence get promoted all the rest of it yeah. and you also get another way of qualifying for the European Championship yeah. so from an admin point of view it's very good um, and the problem is no one knows when the games are happening no one really wants to watch the games no one's got an appetite for more international football in a way we on have whose to... behalf do you say all these well, things? well I'm going well, to justify it by saying hmm. the three people in here yeah. it's our job right. to watch football most people, it isn't. Mm-hmm. It's almost a bit like when you're a political correspondent. Mm-hmm. You massively overestimate how often people think about politics. But but this is I the think this does more harm it. than good by bombarding people with football where the players are knackered, half of them can't really be bothered, and you have 120 minutes with no goals, probably by a penalty shootout, and no one really, outside of the, the really enthusiastic football fans, really knows it's happening. But this is, I think this is the positioning of it. It's not the problem of the competition itself. The first round, the first edition of the Nations League was brilliantly received. And everyone mm. looked at it as, we've got away with shit international friendlies. We've done away with shit international mm. friendlies. Isn't this brilliant? Now, the second one happens after COVID. So people look at it very differently. Mm. They don't look at the fact, well, we've come back from COVID, which has made it abundantly clear that we've got too much football and that the calendar's too pressurised. And the learning from that, learning in inverted commas from that, from the football authorities was... Well, let's catch up by whacking the same amount of football in a smaller place. It w- the blame wasn't put on any of the other governing bodies or any of the other competitions. And it's been left because, mm-hmm. I guess, the Nations League's the last in. It's, it's, it's the sense that it should be the first out, which I don't think is really fair because I thought this, com- I thought this competition was really good. Mm. Okay, the final wasn't great. That's what you get when you don't pay for it and it's on free TV, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I don't know. I think... You look at this and it did mean something to those players. It Has it been a weird season? Yes, but it's been a weird season because the World Cup was stuck in the fucking middle that's, of it, that's, which it wasn't meant to be when Qatar were given it. That, that's, part, that's part of it. And that is... That's, that, that's the main part of it. That speaks to a, a probably slightly more wider, boring conversation about the battle between FIFA and UEFA that we don't need to go into now. But I mean, Luka Modric is 37 and he's played 68 games this season. Mm. You know, he looked gutted probably because he's so tired he can barely speak. That's he probably obviously wants to win because that's how you get to that level of football by being super competitive. Well, I think Danny Kelly said quite wisely when we were on the radio last night together, when they were padding around on the pitch looking sad afterwards, Croatia, he said, you can tell that when they do the film of Luka Modric's life, Mackenzie Crook's going to play him in this film. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's spot on. Good it would casting, work. good casting. Yeah. Look, I, I, think you, I think you're a bit harsh, Luke, because it clearly meant something to Croatia. They've been an extraordinary uh, footballing nation since they, they came onto the scene in the 90s. Yeah. You were 96, they did well, obviously World yeah. Cup 98, and they were yeah. f- all the way blah, 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 up to yeah. the final. What year did they become a footballing <clears throat> nation, Marcus? Well, it was, well, 96 was their first tournament. Was it? Okay, just yeah. get to clear that up. Oh, carry right. on. Carry what, on. What are you doing? <laughs> just saying on Friday, you, it's a different year. Why are you pointing out mistakes that nobody noticed? <laughs> Why did you tell me about it then? <laughs> Don't tell me about it then. There's a, there's a pre-production meeting for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> I've got three more here if you want them. Oh, good. <laughs> uh, but I, and I think this would have been really nice for some of those players actually to get a, a gold medal because they've had a, they've had bronze. I would have felt delighted for them. I, I agree. Would as, I, I, I would agree. As well. What do you think of the game? 
I thought it was an interesting penalty shootout. Right, right. Uh, good to see Joss- Good to see Hosselu. Wow, come who's on. Signed, who's signed for Real Madrid. Yeah, of course, yeah. He's about to, yeah. What a career arc that is. Indeed, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's Spain's first trophy since 2012. And is it any coincidence that Hosselu was the man to help them get it, of course? Yeah. Um, Danny Carverhouse yes. scored the winning penalty with a penenka. He did. There nice, you are. Nice for him to take some time off from breaking people's legs, isn't it? <laughs> and, and, and the difference in the penalty shootout was the goalkeepers, right? Well, I was about to say, Simon was, Unai Simon's was, had a brilliant tournament, as mm. far as I can see, Andy. Which Premier League club is going to pay way over the odds for him. Yeah. Well, well, it is going to be way over the odds when you're the athletic goalkeeper, isn't it? Yeah. When, um, because they only sell players for release clauses. He's a really interesting goalkeeper because he's someone who the best of him is amazing and the worst of him, you think, how is he even in the first team at Athletic? <laughs> right. It's extraordinary. Yeah, I know what you but, mean. But, but yeah, that was built for him that moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's great for Spain. Another trophy in that cap- impressive cabinet of theirs. The 21st century really has been quite something uh, for them. Um, as I say, shame for Croatia. Shame for uh, Zlatko Dalic, who's um, done wonders as Croatia manager, you have to say. Uh, in the other game, Italy finished a very respectable third after beating the Netherlands to that bronze medal, uh, winning 3-2. DeMarco scored a nice goal. Yeah. After missing a, a, a chance in the Champions League final, final yeah. he gets a goal there to sort of make amends. So he's had a great first. 2023, hasn't he? He's, he been, has. he's been brilliant. But mm. Italy were really, really good in this. And the Netherlands, Ronald Koeman has got a problem already. He does. Um, because, firstly, they are conceding goals left and right, which mm-hmm. is which is a, a big problem. Van Dijk doesn't look anywhere near his best, and they've not found the right partner for him. Of course, the list wasn't available on, on, on this occasion. But there are a lot of good players really underachieving in that team. You know, he said afterwards he was ashamed of them. Really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, who says that after a third place playoff? They got booed off at half time <laughs> in the third place playoff. A match that yeah. you know you were talking about football that no one gives a shit about. Yeah. Well, let's all yeah. agree yeah, on yeah, the yeah. fact that no one okay. wants to be here. It's not the Nations League meeting mm. where they're thinking to themselves, right, how much can we get away with here? <laughs> Never go full third place playoff. At least compromise and say we won't do a third even, place playoff. Even when England won the third place playoff a, a few years ago, Southgate said they were handed the bronze medals in just a plastic bag. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you know, like the beards at UEFA are yeah. like, we're doing a third place path because FIFA have got one. Yeah, we want one as well. Yeah, exactly. One. Well, that's that's the least of their worries, yeah. Andy, because former Italy striker Christian Vieri um, spoke out and said that Italy don't have any forwards. He says, I blame video games. Times have changed. We only played football. Now the kids have iPads, mobile phones, video games. They do not care. <laughs> Thank goodness we don't have them in England. <laughs> yeah, goodness, exactly. no, I mean, I tell you what, Harry Kane obviously didn't play any uh, when he was younger, because <laughs> otherwise he wouldn't be as prolific, perhaps. So yeah, strange stuff from uh, from Vieri. Go back to Ronald Koeman though. There was a nice story uh, recently. Nice. Mm, uh, Stephen Corker uh, spoke about his time on loan at Southampton during Ronald Koeman's reign there, and he said, "After I signed, I went to Koeman's office, but he had no idea who I was. We shook hands, but he kept looking at me a little strange. He didn't know I was a new player." <laughs> What a I tight love ship that. he's running I love there. that, yeah. <laughs> Can you get, it's like, well, I've got a Christmas tree photo to do in a minute. He should have seen if he could have got 10 minutes off the bench for the <laughs> yeah, touch. Yeah, exactly. Me again. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, but that's, that's a classic head head coach microaggression, isn't it? It's like when uh, Lucien Favre at Nice said, uh, when Ross Barkley arrived, I've no idea what position he plays. It's like, that you makes you look stupid. You, yeah. you, can, yeah. you can say you didn't want him. Yeah. I like the idea of Koeman thinking, with his Christmas jumper on, thinking, oh, good, the photographer's here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> get the Instagram out. <laughs> You brought your own camera, have you? Are you going to use your phone? 
Yeah, oh dear me. Uh, gentlemen, let's move on to the uh, qualification for the European Championships, a tournament that doesn't have a third-place player no. match. Uh, England were away to Malta in the beautiful uh, surroundings there of Valletta and whatnot, and uh, they won 4-0. Of course, England, uh, I think Southgate's reign started with a 4-0 victory against Malta, um, I believe. Did it really? Yeah. Oh. So is that going to be his final game? He's going to uh, end it nicely, right? I, see you later. Well, he certainly, I mean, they were booed off in that game because I think it took a few late goals to... Yeah. to clinch the victory. Um, so, But they certainly had it wrapped up before then. 3-0 up at half-time, of course. Trent Alexander-Arnold wore the number 10 shirt for England and uh, it was all about him, Luke Moore. He had, a, he had an eye-catching performance. He got a lovely goal and he seemed to be among everything uh, that England did well. Yeah, he was sensational. And um, I think that what's really interesting to me is the fact that we've got a tale of two English players being moved into midfield positions and quite a kind of headline grabbing way but for different reasons right so if you look at because um, people are making the equivalence and I kind of find it a bit confusing because I think that they've been moved in like I say for different reasons mm. Alexander Arnold's been moved in there because it removes as much as possible a necessity to defend particularly one on one or to be positionally good because I think you know for all this all this um all his um, positives and all the things he's great at and there are plenty of them he does get caught out positionally for example um, and so I think Southgate wants to remove that and give him the ability or give him the opportunity, sorry, with his ability and his technical skill and stuff to, to re-affect the game, which of course he did. Mm. Stones is like, he's so good technically that Guardiola wants him involved more, yeah. but he can also have an eye on defending. He can play further forward and impact the game. Mm. I honestly think that Guardiola just thinks about Stones. I love him so much as a player. Mm -hmm. He's obviously a brilliant defender, but he's almost a bit wasted. Yeah. I want him to be involved more, be on the ball more, yeah, yeah, yeah. not limit his role as much. And that's why he's been moving there. So I think it's very different reasons. But um, I do think um, Alexander Arnold was brilliant. I think there's two ways of looking at it. One is you can be unkind and say, he's playing against really a bunch of part-timers and mm. he should have to run out of the field mm. against a Malta. Mm -hmm. Or you can say... Great um, run-up at it. Great rehearsal. Mm -hmm. He's shown that you know, he, he could have easily got bogged down in the unfamiliar position and not really had an effect on the game when, in fact, he was man of the match and it could be a sign of greater things to come. I'd much rather think of it that way because mm -hmm. it's a much more positive, interesting way of thinking about it. Um, I think England acquitted themselves well. They weren't up against much. But you know they changed around a few players because of the um, because of the, you know as we've talked about the impact of the length of the season and all that kind of stuff. Um, no one did anything wrong. It was a good day at the office and I think that's pretty much... The, the end of it, really. Yeah, Tony Cascarino, Andy, said that... That's uh, not the end of it, because we've got to talk about Tony Cascarino. Sorry, right. I <laughs> he, he said that, Irishman Tony Cascarino. <laughs> he said, um, uh, you look at Trent and you know he can deliver for England. Trent has qualities that are not far off Lionel Messi. Interesting. Very, very high praise indeed. <laughs> would have said he was more a passer than a dribbler myself. But, okay, yeah. well, fair enough. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, the question would be, would Trent Alexander-Arnold be a, a wise choice for that midfield role against... Better opposition. Proper opposition. That's that's really yeah. the, the the question. That, that is, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, and you're never going to know until you try it. Exactly. I, I mean, it had. Sh I, th I think if you do it in a bigger game, mm. it's got shades of Letizia against Italy at Wembley. That's the only problem, isn't it? Oof. Now you're going back. Bloody hell, yeah. Andy. yeah. I mean, yeah. If you look I mean, he's happy at the mention, isn't he? Alexander Arnold's had the jabs, hasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> 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 that we know of. Um, yeah, I mean, that, okay, so we won't know until it happens, of course. Um, and I think it probably is worth an experiment. And I think, going back to it, 
That's what the UEFA Nations League is for, actually. Although the problem for England is they bloody got relegated. So they won't be playing some of the top tier opposition. But I think the next UEFA Nations League will be more like that because they'll be playing weaker opposition, just like they were here. So I mean, I, I don't know. While, while I'm, I'm, I'm sure mm-hmm. you, you had a wonderful time watching this and I would never begrudge <laughs> you that. Yeah. Um, I did struggle to shake the feeling who is getting anything out of this. Much much like Gibraltar France this weekend as well. And the thing is, when you have that juxtaposed against the Nations League, there's just this sense of Mm. that there is a middle ground of making international football more competitive, of getting away from that mindset. And it's, it's always you and me going, international football's not shit. People do care about it. Mm. You know, it's, it's got a lot going for it. It doesn't have a lot going for it in, in games like this, does it? Especially at the end, as Luke was saying, of yeah. a very long season. The thing that what England, I would imagine, would, would want, I mean, it, the, the home game against Italy is, is a little bit of a ways off. But if England get themselves into a position where they actually can maybe try Alexander Arnold out in that game. Yeah, yeah. They could do. <clears throat> the way that, you know, obviously that victory in Italy was big, and it's the top two that go through. So you see, and you want to finish top, of course, for. Um, uh, you know, seeding and, and all that kind of yes. stuff. But you want to play him in a game to see. And obviously one game is it's not going to define it all. But it, with England at the moment, there's only a few places really up for grabs, you would say. In that midfield, it will be Declan Rice, it will be Jude Bellingham and one other. And that's that's the the, the question there. Um, the, the the back for it will be Luke Shaw left back, Carl Walker right back, John Stones, and probably at the moment Harry Maguire. Which is bullshit. There. Which is absolutely fucking nonsense. Fine. So okay. So you might say there's maybe there's one. I can't back. see the, if I'm going to be critical about it. Yeah. Sorry to derail what you're saying, mm-hmm. but if, if, you're going to, if I'm going to be critical about it, there's absolutely no justification for playing Harry Maguire in that game. So Mark Gay, he he um is is involved in the squad. Would you prefer him? Well, or? that's that's the only reason I mm-hmm. can think of that Maguire's getting a start there. Because he thinks maybe he thinks guy through the younger player. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, if you are using a game against Malta in a let's be honest, a perfectly easy qualifiable European Championship group because of the extended nature of the competition now. Yeah. And they're gonna go through, particularly after the, the result against Italy, which you've talked about, Marcus. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna do something like bled um, bleed Alexander Arnold, or so blood Alexander mm-hmm. Arnold into midfield and try things out. Why are you not doing that with another centre back? Well, Mark Gay did start the game. No, no, he did. That's what I'm saying. He, yeah. he the only justification is that Maguire he wants Maguire in there to guide him through it. Mm-hmm. But if you need Harry Maguire at this stage in his career to guide you through a game against Malta, mm-hmm. you probably shouldn't be there in the first place. And and Maguire is someone who's missing out at Man United to Luke Shaw, mm-hmm. who's being played at centre back ahead of him, but he's not even a centre back. Mm-hmm. And Luke Shaw's playing left back next to him for England. It's it's a nonsense. This 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 ship has sailed. Harry Maguire's north of thirty now. He's going to be out on his ear at Man United. He <clears> can't get in that team. There's no disgrace in that. Man United are a good team. Mm-hmm. He has run his race for England. He's got over 50 caps. He had a good England career. I know there was a time when he was reliable for England and, and, and he was a big part of the team. And I know Southgate wants to be loyal and that's engendered partly a big happy feeling around the whole England squad and among England fans. But you have to take the opportunity to blood new defensive players in when you've got the opportunity to do so. Especially in games like this. And I just thought it was yeah. a wasted cap. It was a wasted cap. We're yeah. learning nothing about it. He's not getting anything out of it other than just playing 90 minutes because he's only mm-hmm. started, what, eight Premier League <clears> games <throat> last season. It's stupid. It's okay. the only negative you can um, put on that game. In terms of starting and barring injuries and all the rest of it, so one midfield, one... one um a centre-half place, and you would say one position up front, probably in the left wing. I think Saka's got the right wing down, Harry Kane's uh, through the centre. Interestingly, looking at a lot of journalists who their starting 11s would be in that Euros game, they actually pretty much everybody went for Marcus Rashford over Jack Grealish. 
presumably they think Grealish will have sobered up by the Euro. <laughs> but um, but I mean, what do you think about that, Andy? I mean, both have had fine seasons. I mean, Grealish obviously won a few more trophies and both offer very different options. I think the interesting thing over the last season is Grealish has developed under Guardiola into more the sort of player that Southgate would start in a big match. That's what I think. Which is really interesting. Yeah. Like, if, if you're going into this game and, you know, imagine it's November, Rashford starts sure. for the goals because he's more likely yeah, to course, get you a goal. But everything that Grealish has learned to do mm-hmm. off the ball, yeah. the way he's learned to yeah. hold that touchline... Yeah. Guardiola has done a massive solid for, I think, for I think Southgate. It's, I think it's different challenges for different opposition. I think you've got two great options there. Yeah. Um, and you can uh, cut your cloth accordingly. On the centre-back thing, um, just because it took Andy's point for me to think about an answer and a response. You want to go back to that? Again? Yeah. Uh, what about the season Torren Mings has had? Mm. What about the performances he's put in? Yeah, against well, Mings opposition? is in the squad he came on. Yeah, and, and obviously Lewis Dunk has had a great season, but had to well, Unfortunately for you. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think maybe you could argue that Maguire's getting in there ahead of Dunk because of that. But there's no justification for playing sure. ahead of Tyrone Mings. It's fucking ridiculous. Okay, but but with the the point of the forwards though is that it is a case of you know different opposition. We saw that in the World Cup. You know when they played against Wales, for example, he started Rashford to a plum and and and, and he'd go for it. We always think though when we think well, who's your starting eleven, we think about um, against a, 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 a opposition which is nearly equal or better than England. And you think, okay, what what what, what yeah. are we kind of um, trying to work out mm-hmm. there? I mean, nice to see James Madison start on the, on uh, against Malta. It is only Malta, but I think Madison is a player who now is thinking to himself, you know what, I, I could be one of those players in in the squad coming off the bench because those wide positions we know there's a lot of fierce competition there. He would probably say, to, if I was Madison, I'd be saying to Southgate, I tell you what, didn't Phil Foden play really well when he came on in the centre? For Man City, <laughs> didn't he in the Champions League final? Oh, competition for yeah. a Trent, eh? I, I like the fact that I like the idea that flying back from Malta into mm. Heathrow or whatever, James Madison is taking the widest berth possible around North London to get back to Leicester because he is not fucking signing for Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go straight to Newcastle, thanks for but he needs to sort out a move. That's what he needs to do. He really does. It, yeah. it's, it's a really competitive part of the pitch for England, and he needs. To, he can't be playing respectfully to Leicester because yep. I think they're great, and, and I'm sad that they were relegated. Actually, you think they're great. I do. I think they're a great team and I think they've given us so many great memories in recent years in the they Premier have. League. It's sad they're no longer a part of it. Yeah. But Madison needs to think of his own career. He cannot be at a championship club in the summer. I mean, in, he, the, he, in, in September. He, he won't be. He won't no, he be. won't. It'll, it'll, it'll be very surprising. If he, Unless he, he signs for Spurs and he will be next summer. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or could he go to Newcastle? Yeah, that's, that seems most likely. Uh, maybe, maybe. Well, Callum Wilson scored for England, of course. Uh, got his goal, making him the first Newcastle player to score for England senior team since... Michael Owen. Something that's still celebrated in Newcastle. I'm it's not, sure it's it not is. technically true because actually Michael Owen was an England player on loan to Newcastle at that's that point. Right. So that's uh, right. as we all know. Indeed. All right, everybody, let's have a quick break, and after which we're going to talk about the Bonnie Scots. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them, and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills, or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble. Welcome back to the Football Ramble, everybody. And that's where we go now. Jeezy peeps, man. Jeezy peeps, Andy. (laughs) Norway won, Scotland two. Two late goals for Scotland makes it three wins from three for their qualifying campaign. What a turnaround in the heat of Oslo. Two things we wouldn't really think Scotland and Norway were capable of. So the, commenta- <laughs> the, com- the commentators were looking for an excuse to get their shirts off. Then <laughs> it was an amazing game that it featured. A, you know, a world-class striker with the entire game at his feet, a tall, rangy, powerful Here we forward, go. and Erling. Hey! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Andy Robertson said Scotland now have to qualify, and he has a point. He does. There's a there's a feeling in this Scotland camp. They've got nine points. They've got nine of the buggers. <laughs> yeah. They've played Norway away, yeah, and they've they've obviously played Spain at home. But they're looking good for it, Luke. They qualified for the Euros last time. They thought, oh, we'd like a bit of this taste of this naughty little biscuit, and <laughs> uh, and and they thought, well, we we fancy it again. And they're in they're in they're in great form. They're scoring a few goals here and there, vital ones. Yeah. And Steve Clark, like what he's done with with a group of players that's like it's okay. It's not. We've seen better Scotland squads. Uh, of course, maybe not for a while. Actually, there's p- perhaps a bit hard. They got a lot of good quality in there, haven't they? Well, I, think... I wouldn't. I wouldn't say a lot of good quality. But it's, it's typical of that kind of mid-level international side or kind of lower mid-level where mm. you've got a handful of yeah. really good players. But they've often they've they've had that over the years, and they never really made the most of it. And I remember Scottish friends of mine would look at say Northern Ireland. Um, under um, uh, O'Neill, yeah, and and they would say that he seems to have them organised. They, they, they look forward to going to international football. They're not phased by who they're yeah. playing. Yeah. You they have to create get... that club atmosphere, exactly. At and Clark level. has yeah. done that. But O'Neill, well. O'Neill, O'Neill had a total of like forty-five players to choose from in terms of professional. That many players. was it? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> in total, but Scotland have a bit more of a pull than but that. But Scotland felt like that, that. So the Euros in two thousand and sixteen, where um, Northern Ireland, Wales. Uh, and England qualified. The Republic of Ireland also qualified as well. They felt that that that, that hurt them. 
Mm. You know, mm. so the Euros, of course, it's it's slightly easier to qualify than the World Cup, the way um, the Euros has been expanded, yeah. and and they qualified last time, and 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 so there is a chance here, but they're taking it, and and Robertson's right, they have to qualify now. They're in such a good position, and Scotland from yeah. a couple of years ago, we remember in a game where they had to go away to Georgia when they were qualifying, perhaps for the World Cup, maybe. Forgive me if that was that's incorrect, and they and they got a sloppy result, and you th- ah, and you didn't trust them to put it away, and of course they didn't. Whereas now. They just seem to be able to pop up with the goals. They don't have great goal scorers in there, but they've got they, they managed to find them. And and the, the the group A for the Euro qualification, when when that was first drawn and you were about to enter the first round of the games, you think, okay, what can realistically what realistically can Scotland do? What they you think they'd be doing is going in a straight shootout for that second place with Norway. Yeah, because they're better than Cyprus. Obviously, they're better than Georgia. What they've been able to do in two of the toughest four games they would play, obviously Norway are home and away, Spain home and away, mm-hmm. is they've won two of those already. And and that make, that, that tips the balance in such a massive um, it does. way because Norway now have to go and do something. Norway, realistically, That's right. who were... I mean, Andy and I slightly disagree on how good Norway are, but they were embarrassed by Spain. Admittedly, away from home, they, they lost 3-0 and it was a, it was an absolute blast um, for, 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 for you Spain. Know, you know what, though? The... the, the, the Holland missing in that was a, a huge thing. Norway had chance after chance after chance. It's never a 3-0 win game. It's weird to say that a team came out of a 3-0 defeat where you think they could have won that. No, but the point I'm making is not that. I don't disagree. What I'm saying is when you have an opportunity to do that in a big, crucial game and you still lose, you run out of opportunities. But it's, it's, You're it's, only playing eight it's games. What, it's, what you was, it's what you were saying before. How often do you get to the end of a game and think, fuck, we would have won that if we'd have had a Hosolu? <laughs> yeah, but do you, do you know what? And I've got hard. I guess the best striker in the world. A lot of teams get to that point yeah. now because he's, he's he's on the up so, and up. I think if you look at Norway player for player, they are far better than Scotland. But you know what? Them having to deal with the pressure of actually getting Holland to a major championship because mm-hmm. that's what the whole world wants to see. Mm. And they've got the players around him. They've got you look at. Sorlot, who's going to be a Champions League striker next season. You look at Odegaard, who's captain of one of the best teams in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Ausnes, who's been the best player in Portugal last season for Benfica and will be their best, best next big sale, I think. You look at Ostergaard, it's a centre-back who made that horrendous error, by the way, for the Lyndon oh Dykes goal. Goodness, Terrible yeah. defender, yeah. He plays for Napoli, for goodness yeah. sake. Well, that's the thing. So when you say, oh, Scotland have got a lot of quality, I would actually agree with Andy. I think Not compared you, to Norway. No, exactly. Norway have got some big hitters in there. Right? I don't think Scotland have any but, particular but big hitters. Got, I mean, McGinn, devil... McGinn starts for Aston Villa. That's that's okay. McTominay is a bit part player at Manchester United. Okay, Hickey's um, at, at Brentford. Kieran Tierney is a bit part player. Robertson's probably their best player on paper. You, you are sort of grasping the straws a little bit in terms of top-end international quality, but all that, but they won the game. Yeah, but you, you, can't, you can't have it both ways, though. I mean, you one hand, Andy saying Ostergaard plays for Napoli. He doesn't play, does he? He doesn't play every game. No, he's he not, doesn't, but he's, he's, good, he's good enough to be I at I think club. he's made like seven appearances. Well, okay, so what? But in, it's in, a different point. Harland and, and Odegaard, though. Yeah, they're great. Head and shoulders above. But the, we can get into the, the... The fact is, though, is that Scotland won that game and they were kind of gifted the first goal you could say but the fact is they kept plugging away Norway made some some strange substitutions thought well, they, they, they took all their best players off with like 10 minutes left didn't they yeah they thought they won Which the is, game Scotland weren't creating much but the yeah. fact is the game is 90 minutes long not 80 minutes and and then Scotland McLean scores a beautiful goal yeah. to that, win the that game that is really a nice magnificent winner yeah. Re- really nice um, forward play great, great, great movement Scotland are in a position now to go back mm-hmm. to your original question I think Scotland are in a position now if they beat Georgia at home and they beat Norway at home they're through. Yeah, I mean it's as simple as that, and, uh, and they just—that's all they've got to do. Yeah, I mean, I mean they, 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 if, they, if they if they beat Georgia at home tomorrow, mm. 
I don't know, I haven't done the maths, but they're almost practically through. Yeah, I mean, and they would, have, goes they would have won four qualifying matches in a row for the first time ever. Yeah. You see, that's, you that's, 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 what, that's what you're dealing with. You know, they've, they've been absolutely magnificent. Turning our attentions uh, to another British side, Wales. <laughs> I mean, Wales, they were the side that perhaps Scotland would have wanted to kind of emulate and, and think, how come we can't be more like them in, in, in tournaments gone by? Now look at it, though. Scotland are on the up. Wales, you, you worry about them because they were hammered at home by Armenia. And I'll tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. If you haven't seen those goals... Armenia with one of the finest selection of goals you will ever see yeah. in a football match. Yeah. They were absolute beauties. The first one is a stunning volley. Yeah. The way just, it's absolutely beautiful. Wonderful diving header, a great finish for the third one that was sort of on the volley. And even the fourth one where they were kind of handed it, the finish, yeah. top corner, it was yeah. unbelievable. They, I mean, I think there's a lot to unpack here. Wales are in a really dire situation for a number of reasons. Obviously, Form reasons. They've won one and eleven, I think, since Rob Page signed a new contract, yeah. which is not a great place to be in. But secondly, of course, they've lost so many players. I mean, they they've lost key players: Allen, Gunter, you know, maybe to a lesser extent, Johnny Williams, Gareth Bale. Um, it's it's almost like now that Bale's moved on, mm-hmm. they're going to have to work out a way to play cohesively as a team. They're going to have to emulate some of the smaller nations markers that you've mentioned earlier on the show and how they all get together and how they play as a unit and really become greater than the sum of their parts. At the moment, they look worse than the sum of their parts and they have done for a little while. I've got a question uh, for you. If you're Aaron Ramsey, especially after this game, do you think I should have retired with Yeah, him? I was thinking that. I was thinking, I mean, look, it's not for us to second guess why he's done what he's done. Um, he's obviously a proud Welshman. He loves playing for them. He's only 32. Although there's, I understand there's a lot of miles on the clock. He started pretty sure. early. Yeah. Um, and he's still playing in a top European league. So I get that he, he passionately wants to play for Wales. And I don't think it's anyone else's responsibility to you know tell him to retire, of course. But it's going to be tougher for him. And he had a very poor game in this as well. I, I just think they made Armenia look really good. Mm-hmm. And they're at home. And I do think Armenia have got some good players. I really, as I was saying to you earlier, Andy, I love that. That Ranos kid who's just signed for Munchen Gladbach, mm. he looks really special. Yeah. Well, the way brilliant he took those chances. Yeah. I mean, 19 years old, he's, I, think, I think he's banged the goals in for Bayern Munich's second team yeah. and now he's got this move. He looks like he might be a real superstar. Um, yeah, that doesn't, that's no salve to Wales' wound, is it? Yeah. Oh, well, we've got there's a 19-year-old kid, he might be really good, so we'll just take it on the chin. Uh, yeah. um, it's not great. Um, it's, I, I don't think Rob Page signed this contract that long ago. I think he got it because they qualified for the World Cup and mm. signed a four-year deal and they've basically been awful ever since. So, um, they're in a qualify. I mean, they're in a qualifiable group chiefly because I'll say that while I'm in this room because Andy always massively overrates Turkey, <laughs> but they've got Croatia as well, right? So and they drew away to Croatia, they so did. they've got that. But if you follow game. up, if you follow that up with a defeat at home to Armenia, you're in trouble. Of course, no. But so so qualifying campaigns can have blips, and if you look at the way um, Wales have, have done this, they beat Latvia at home, which should be a given. It was only one nil, but okay, it's three points. Drawing away to Croatia was a huge result. That is, on paper, their toughest game. It's such a shame for them that they buggered this up. And also, and, and Kiefer Moore gets a red card as well, which, yeah. which doesn't bode well at all. Um, they are third in the group. They've, they've got four points after three games. They're two off Turkey at, on the top. Croatia have a game in hand. You, They will be hoping Turkey and Croatia maybe take points off each other. And hopefully, for, for their sakes, Armenia can produce a performance like that <clears> and <throat> so on. And they find themselves at the end of this campaign challenging for realistically probably that second spot and they can clinch it maybe with a game or two but Marcus, in, in the last game. You can't read too much, I know it sounds mental, but let me qualify it. You can't read too much into individual results. You know, 
Wales got a point away in Croatia, and it was a bit of a Haley's Comet kind of they game. They stole it. Yeah. yeah. They did. They, they did. totally they, stole they, it. And then if you follow that up with a really disappointing result at home, it just it just confirms everything that people suspect about you. Well, you got battered away at Croatia. You got out of there with a point. Mm. Um, you, you basically stripey-jumpered it, and now you followed it up with a home defeat against yeah. a team you have to beat. Yeah. It doesn't look good. Mm. I mean, if you just look you at the result, you go... jumpered it. Burgled it. Stole it. <laughs> you must have heard that before. Come on, Anne. Yeah, come no. on. Yeah. So anyway, I just I just think it doesn't. Look You're right. Good it doesn't me. look good, and they've got Turkey. Um, is it tonight that game, which is huge, and we should we shall see if they can if they can bounce back. But Wales, they they you know Rob Page has done well for them. They've still got the the majority of players that have served them pretty well in in recent years. They've got to find something. They've got yeah. to find that that spirit. They'll probably win three 0 tonight. Yeah, maybe. Right? Yeah, they but they've, like well, well, they've got to find that spirit that we talked about. Steve Clark has as as implemented in Scotland, and that Wales themselves have had not that long ago. Um, they have course. to. They probably pretty much have to at least draw against Turkey tonight and possibly win. But I I just wonder though that 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 Wales, understandably, have got themselves in a position where they think, oh, we're at home to Armenia, we should win this. I mean, Dean. I, yeah, think, maybe. I, think, I think it was Dean Saunders on Co-Com. It was always nice to hear his voice. Disagree. Um, you. <laughs> Well, on the first goal, what, why is he not marking the striker? <laughs> Space can't score goals. Striker score goals. Um, Sign Jermaine Defoe. Yeah. That's what Liver says. I have nipples, Marcus. Could you make me? <laughs> um, so I, I, he, they he, can't he, sign um, Jermaine Defoe, Dean. It's international football. Why he's changed the rules then? He'll always, you never, you never lose the goal scoring touch. <laughs> The last thing to go. But Dean said... Can you do Welsh? I'm sorry if I've done a Welsh accent now. That's a bit, a bit disrespectful. Don't you? worry. You've disrespected yeah. I wanted to know. I, I'm, I'm very specifically disrespecting Dean Saunders, yes. not the Welsh. Right. It's a targeted attack. Very much so. Well, he said, as the game is about to kick off, well, if Wales play, uh, if Wales do what they, w- that we know they can do and play to um, their abilities, then, then they'll win. They'll have no problems winning this game. Mm. That's what he said. Now, again, when you hear him say that, you kind of go, yeah. I get it. And you think, oh, Wales at home to Armenia. Yeah, Wales should win that game because they've qualified for, mm-hmm. for, for, for recent tournaments, because they've played some good football. And you immediately think they should be fine. But with the players that have retired, as you mentioned, Joe Allen, Chris Gunter, Johnny Williams, obviously Gareth Bale uh, and so on. Well, Bale and it, Allen are the ones really, aren't yeah, they? But the, yeah, but it's not a given anymore. And actually, they need to focus. They need to be at the races when they're at home to Armenia. Armenia are obviously better than what we all thought. So I think that's what he's talking about, the slap that they needed. Now, you would say as the manager, well, you're the one who should be giving the slaps, mate. You shouldn't be losing at home in a crucial qualifier and, and, and that be um, the, the, the remedy, apparently. So we shall see. But I, I do expect a reaction from Wales uh, tonight against Turkey. And, and we shall see. Of course, we're doing a Ramble React uh, after the matches tonight. So that'll be oh, uh, in, exciting. In, in your ears. Is, to, is this your passive-aggressive way of telling me that I shall be watching Turkey versus Wales while you're enjoying the England game? Andy, yeah, I know we, you love Turkey. So we're just desperate for you to properly reassess your opinion of Turkey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll make you watch every game until you do so. Indeed. Andy, did you see the heartbreak for Northern Ireland against Denmark? I mean, the scenes. The scenes. Oh, oh, Marshall. I know. On his debut... Scores what they thought was the equalising goal late on, and VAR ruled it out. It was agonising. It was a hair offside. Oh, mate, it was so, such a shame. Uh, offside is a binary decision. It's either offside or it isn't. Move on. <laughs> just, it's like he's diving into the crowd. They're all going yeah. mad. You thought, what a moment. And it's, uh, and it's but, denied. But, I would say cruelly, but it's not cruel. It's the, it's the rule. But is, is um, so the VAR topic we won't go into. Some people are for it, some people are against it, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Is there something to be said of the fact that it increases the drama because you have mm-hmm. this celebration, yeah. 
Then you have the disappointment, yeah. which then Denmark celebrate as if it's a goal, yeah. and the whole thing goes like snowballs on for ages. And, and if we... it had gone in their favour, we would have got to celebrate it twice. Exactly. I thought you were going to say, if if there's enough passion and good feeling about a goal, should VAR just go, oh, we'll turn a blind eye to that? You get one. <laughs> you get one. <laughs> which means everybody has to celebrate wildly every goal they yeah. get. Yeah, and I, that is the view of, I think, probably 95% of British people. Yeah, yeah. certainly when they saw that one. Right? And, yeah. and, and the way the results have gone in Group H mm. is actually quite open because Kazakhstan beat Denmark didn't they Yeah, yeah. and it's a bigger group it's a six team group yes um, so you know Northern Ireland need to move and they need to move kind of fairly quickly um, losing away to Denmark isn't a game they would have pigeonholed a sand again they would have won mm-hmm. if they can get over this quickly and organise themselves and all the rest of it there's an possible opportunity for them there because the points have been so well split out there's four teams on six points and Northern Ireland have got three plus yeah. you've got Sam Marino in there who are a gimme so you know it's not all, all's not lost for them as that well, would have so. been their Wales in Croatia moment because yeah. Denmark had would have, an yeah. awful lot of that game but as we saw in the World Cup Denmark just can't score well yeah I think because it, it, people expected them myself included to be decent at the World Cup but that team that was in the Euros of course they're not there at the moment, are they? Um, Northern Ireland, their home loss against Finland. It's, it's, a, it's a sickener, yeah. That's the one. And you don't want to, again, with Wales and Armenia, you don't want to look back and go, that was the result mm. that really buggered it. But they're playing Kazakhstan tonight, so hopefully they can get back on the wagon. Um, did you see Austria drew one all with Belgium? I was pleased for Romelu Lukaku to score after that Champions League final miss. Yeah. It won't make up for it. But, <laughs> But it's not I, even I, a footnote I, on the I, on the autobiography of that miss. I know, but I just I'm just glad that it was some sort of flicker of joy for him. Um, did you did you see Austria player Michael Gregoric? Um, he thought he'd scored Austria's goal, but it was eventually awarded as an own goal. He wasn't best pleased about this. He went to the referee's changing room after the game to contest the decision. And he said the referee said it was going to be my goal. <laughs> Um, but you know, given the referee gave it as an own goal, I didn't know you could sort of contest. And it's big. Um, it's big. Uh, the birthday boy said I could go around the McDonald's kitchen at the party. <laughs> <laughs> Energy, isn't it? It yeah. is. Yeah. I mean, I from a tantrum. I always assume that there's a the, the dubious goals panel is like for yeah, everybody. Not, the referee doesn't get the referee doesn't get to decide, does he? Is it, I, yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, initially, but then it goes to the panel, right? I don't yeah, think there's. But, a, I don't, is there a panel for the Euros qualifying? Th- th- basically, the error he's made here, Grigorich, is he should have got Marko Arnautovic to go in and argue his case for him. Right, yeah. that's yeah. what he should have done. Give Arnautovic the suspension. Everyone wins. <laughs> I think the dubious goals panel at the UEFA level is um, it's just um. What's his name? Seferin with a cat. Yeah. And the cat pours a ball into a jar. And whatever. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and they yeah. open the ball and go, oh, it's a Gregor Richards goal. Oh, Paul the Octopus. Oh, yeah, but could, I could use Paul the Octopus. No. He's, he's probably dead now. Yeah, but there'll be another one. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> the thing about Octopi. Yeah. There's always one number there, one. There have been several Pauls. It's a bit yeah. like Hennis yeah. the Goat at Cologne, isn't it? Yeah, or, we're up to Hennis the Seventh. I, I often think. reference it. It's, it's a bit like the Phantom Andy. Um, Whoever dons the purple suit, you know, the Phantom. <laughs> Don't know if it's the same the goat, bloke. Yeah. With the goat, yeah. are you talk about the goat at Cologne. Yeah. If it, do they? Do they? When that goat dies, the mascot. Do they try and find the goat that looks exactly the same as the old one? Well, they have to. Yeah, yeah. They have to do that, surely. Yeah, of course. Or, or is it like, I mean, the second meet the parents reference on the show, which we did not expect to have today. Right. Um, do they have to spray paint the tail to make it look like <laughs> what they do with Mister Jinx? That's. True. <laughs> oh dear me gentlemen I'd like to uh, finish with a game that happened in Europe but it wasn't contested by European teams Brazil 4 Guinea 1 why are we talking about this routine victory for Brazil well I'll tell you why it was Joel Linton's debut and he scored Yay. come on the first Newcastle player to score for Brazil since Mirandinha 
Probably. <laughs> that was the only one I was going to go for. <laughs> My, uh, the answer is Michael Owen. Yeah. <laughs> He's the first Brazilian to score for Brazil since Michael Owen. There we are, you see. Andy, Joe Linton scoring for Brazil. It's beautiful. Yeah, and I think I can't think of anyone who would be more grateful for like a scrappy goal as well, seeing as he was, you know, in the not so distant past, a serial misser of quite easy chances. He was also subbed off for Bruno Guimaraes. Uh-huh. It's almost like Newcastle sponsored the Brazil team yeah. for 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 an evening. Indeed, yeah. So it's nice to see. Just check Mirandina four international caps, one goal. That could have been him. There we are. It could have been him. If that, was not, against, that was against England though, so it's worth four. Yeah, there you go. If if not, then uh, get your answers uh, in on the postcard to P.O. Box Ramble Towers. Okay. That'll find, that gets to us. Yeah. It's like when you just put the President of the United States on it. <laughs> um, well, for those who remembered uh, that Mirandina goal, they probably do uh, have a few postcards that need posting. Um, the only other the only other two candidates I can think of yeah. for Brazilians playing for Newcastle mm-hmm. are Kennedy. Kennedy. Does he play for Brazil? Probably hasn't been capped. I don't think yeah. so. And um, that, that centre-back they had. Casapa. Uh, yeah, Casapa. Did he play for Brazil? They're the only two ones I can think of. It's probably Mirandinho, isn't it? Of course. It people thought for a long time that mm. Newcastle were going to sign um, Lucas Pacatar, didn't they? Oh, okay, they didn't. Because he's, he's good pals from Leon with Bruno Guimaraes. In fact, I think there was some Geordie roofer yeah. who uh, risked <laughs> his life to take a photo of them playing futsal in Bruno's back garden, just uh, down the road from him. <laughs> the only other two um, Brazilians, Marcus, I can think of that play for um, Newcastle mm-hmm. are uh, Titus Bramble yep. and um, Jean-Alain Boomsong. <laughs> Okay. So either of those scored yeah. for Brazil, we've got a winner. Indeed, yeah. The yeah. answer could be Bruno Guimaraes, of course. Could be, yeah. Yeah, but could we be. want to stick with Mirandi. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'll look back on this as an excellent end for the show. Yeah. Can he play for Brazil on the 23s? That's it, apparently. Yeah, it doesn't count, you though. Know. Yeah. Uh, there we are, everybody. Well, I think that's uh, I think that's rounded it all up quite nicely. We are... I mean, it hasn't, but it should be the end of the show. <laughs> we, we, are, we are back tomorrow, uh, of course, with Ramble Reacts after England's match against North Macedonia. Yeah, uh, and Turkey's match against Wales. Turkey's match against yeah. Wales. A few others as well. Uh, yeah, but you we... ca- you cannot let that type of fixture go unnoted, can no, you? No, you have to you have to do something. You've got to. Yeah, absolutely. It's right. like the King's coronation. You've got to remember where you were when England played North Macedonia in a Euro qualifier. Have a bit of respect for the opposition. Yeah. Well, if Southgate did by mm. not playing Maguire, maybe I would. Right, our Macedonia. <laughs> although they were Macedonia, not Ma- not North Macedonia. Then, are they going to score from another corner kick? Like they did when uh, England drew two all with them at home. Was that at St Mary's? St Mary's, Southampton, David Seaman in goal. Um, Don't miss those days. Thank you very much for listening to the Football Ramble, part of the ACAST Creator Network. Follow us on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram and YouTube at Football Ramble. Don't forget to subscribe on your podcast app, everybody. There we are, everybody. Look more. Bloody pleasure having you back. Yeah, tune in tomorrow to see uh, Marcus' reaction to Harry Maguire being turned inside out by the ghost of Goran Pandev. (laughs) See you uh, soon. Look forward to commenting on another penalty score by Harry Kane. (laughs) Pretty much a given, isn't it, in any given England game? Thank you very much, Andy Brassel. Let Callum Wilson take it. Yes. Harry Kane will score one penalty and no more. No per more. Game. No more. Uh, there we are. Thanks. See you tomorrow. The Football Ramble is a stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.